Heavenly Father, we, we do once again recognize that every breath that is in our lungs, um, Lord, we put it in, Lord, we put every breath that is in our lungs under your Lordship, Lord, that every word, every, um, every conversation, everything that we say, Lord, may be to bring you glory, to bring you honor, to bring you praise. Lord, in a world and in a time where the volume of things to complain about seems so much more large than the things to be thankful for, Father, I pray this morning that you would teach our hearts and our souls the language of gratefulness. That we would be a, a people of thanksgiving, a people of gratitude, Lord, for your goodness and for your healing. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it may, it may seem like, um, and it may be, or it may be difficult in this season to conjure up a list of things to be thankful for. It may seem a little bit more appropriate or um, a little bit more like easy, like on the tip of our tongue, to be able to say, well, here are the things that, man, um, have just gone wrong, right? Just going, constantly going wrong, you know. This relationship, this job, this pandemic, right? Um, this, 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 and this, my health, my finances, my relationship with my kids or my spouse or whatever. It, it, and and um, admittedly, right, it, it is a, it seems like, it seems like the default position of a lot of our pattern of thought and even um, the default language of our hearts and then our, our actual mouths is one of um, complaint or recognition of what is not, you know, like hitting the target of life. And that we often have to force ourselves into a position of gratitude and thankfulness or outright recognition of the good things. Of God, so um, this week and, and next week, I want to talk about how how we get ourselves to a place of thankfulness and gratitude in a season of life where it's where it it seems like the negatives outweigh the positives. How do we how do we begin to develop um, that uh, a, a heart? Of gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of, 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 of appreciation. You know, and I'm going to kind of use the next couple of weeks the, the word gratitude and the word thanksgiving kind of interchangeably. All right? I, don't, I don't really mean those things in a, in a different way. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of using them like in, if we were to put a definition on them, a gratitude or thanksgiving, a, a deep appreciation for the goodness, for goodness, for kindness, or for mercy that is evident in my life or that has been received by me. A deep appreciation for goodness, for mercy, um, for kindness received. Um, there is a, um, a little passage of Scripture in one of Paul's letters where he writes to a, a church and he says something that um, really um, is, is straight and, and to the point and can kind of maybe jolt people out of a sense of um, apathy uh, about spirituality. He says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, 18. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. He says, Be joyful always, Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you 
in Christ Jesus. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. And then follow up with this, right? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I would be fine with it, right? This would be a really awesome scripture if like that little last part was not in there, right? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, we always, I, as a pastor, um, probably the question that I have gotten more than any other question in my time in ministry is, I just want to know, how do I know what God's will for my life is? How do, how do I know what God's will is? And my, my response is often, I think, on the surface, a little trite, but nevertheless, um, exceptionally true, is that God's will is God's word. If you want to know what God's will for you is, you need to know God's word. Because God's word is God's will, and God's will is God's word. And so when you read something like, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, it becomes even more clear, right, that the will of God is not hidden from us. That, that God does not, that God is, is not like creating a treasure hunt of His will for your life. Like, oh, you just need to, you just need to unscramble the pieces of life. You need to solve the puzzle. You need to know the Greek of the Scripture in order then to know what the, what the will of God, what the will of God is. God, God is not hiding His will from us. God is not hiding His desire for us. God, um, among other things, wants us to be joyful always and pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. That is His will for us in Christ Jesus among many, many, many other things. And I, I know as well as you do, okay? I know as well as you do how impossible that task is often feels to be joyful always to be to be praying continually especially to be giving thanks in all circumstances because there's no qualification on the word all here it's not like he says all circumstances except a pandemic complain all you want all circumstances except an election year Complain all you want. Right? No. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is His will for you. This is His will for you. And what, is, what should be encouraging to you, what is encouraging to me, is that when the will of God is proclaimed in your life, right? That, that God does not leave you alone God does not leave you empty-handed in the pursuit of doing and following His will. I mean, well, like, geez, it might be God's will, but being thankful in all circumstances is an impossible task given the circumstances. It's impossible, God. And um, uh, the, uh, the disciple and then later the apostle Peter um, wrote in his uh, epistle in, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, maybe here, maybe anticipating that you and I would, would call bluff on the possibility of giving thanks in all circumstances. And he writes this. He says um, that His power, God's divine power, has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Meaning that even in the impossible 
situations like giving thanks in all circumstances when the circumstances are rough. What seems impossible with man is possible with God. Because God, through His divine power, has given us everything we need for life and godliness. God has given us absolutely everything we could possibly need to be joyful always, to pray continually, to give thanks in all circumstances, because it's His will for your life, and He does not leave you powerless to accomplish His will. So question, the question then remains, well, if, the, if what we're going to work off of is, is giving thanks in all circumstances, right? Then we need to, we need to begin to um, like push away the chaff from that, okay? Um, and um, so we're talk about a few things, a uh, few things this morning, and then we're, we'll, we're going to continue on the same on the same topic um, next week. Um, next week, uh, Thanksgiving week. Because once Thanksgiving is over, look, y'all, we're Christmasing up this place. <laughs> yeah. If I could have put the tree up this week, I would have. Like, love Christmas. Um, okay. Giving thanks in all circumstances. Giving thanks in all circumstances. Um, when circumstances are bad, what do you give thanks for? When circumstances are bad, what do you give thanks for? Well, do we give thanks in all... Okay, give thanks in all circumstances. When circumstances are bad, what, do we, what could we possibly... Hmm, what could we possibly give thanks for? Um, here's point number one. Super, like, I'm sure mind-blowing and insightful and something that you've never heard before in all of your time in church is this, is that God's goodness is never circumstantial. Okay? God's goodness is never circumstantial. See, there's maybe a little bit of confusion here. When we say give thanks in all circumstances, um, we might be tempted to think that what the scripture is telling us to do is to give thanks about every circumstance. Right? But to, no, but, but, but the word, but, um, but the word, word says that we are to give thanks not because of this circumstance, but in the midst of every circumstance, right? Maybe if we can take a little liberty with it. In the, in the midst of every circumstance, find something to give thanks about. Find, find something that your heart finds thanksgiving and gratitude in. A deep sense of appreciation for. An understanding of its, of its goodness, of its kindness, of its mercy to you. So even in the midst of circumstances that are not positive, that are not good. God's goodness is never circumstantial. God's goodness remains in the midst of every single circumstance, no matter what. His goodness is not swayed at all, even, a, even one degree off of center. His goodness is not swayed one iota. His goodness is never moved no matter what the circumstance that you may encounter. God's goodness is always for you. God's goodness is always evident. God's goodness is always here. The psalmist writes about God's goodness over and over and over and over and over again. Some examples... This morning, um, Psalm chapter 107, verse 1. Psalm is that book right in the middle of your Bible. So if you have a Bible there and you open it to the middle, you're likely to hit Psalm. And we're going to be uh, Psalm 107, verse 1, um, where, uh, where, Paul, or where, <laughs> where David says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is what? 
Good, that, was, that, was, that was not good. Um, give thanks to the Lord, for He is what? He is good. Right? And His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His love endures forever. His love endures through all circumstances. His love endures through all time. His love endures through all situations. And because His love endures, we can give thanks to Him. Probably the most iconic of all psalms on um, Thanksgiving, not the holiday, but like the thing, is Psalm 100. Right? Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is what? Good. And His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Even when circumstances are bad, even when circumstances are bad, God is good. Now a life, a life that is tethered to God, tethered to Him, establishes ultimate goodness in our lives, even in the midst of misfortune. Meaning this, like, if we, if we tether our ability to be thankful in all circumstances to our circumstances, then yes, it is next to impossible. Why? Because not all of our circumstances are good. Circumstances are bad. Life is hard. Things are inherently, like we talked about, unstable and insecure. And so, if our, if our um, ability or our willingness to be gracious, to, be, to have gratitude, to be in a spirit of thanksgiving is tied solely to our circumstances. Like, well, when life is good, I will give thanks. And when life is bad, I will not. Our natural proclivity as people is to always be front and center of our mind focused on the things that are negative or bad. Right? And so if our, if our thankfulness is tethered to our circumstances, then we will almost never find it within our own power to give thanks for those things. Or to give thanks in the midst of it. And so we must choose to not tie ourselves or tether ourselves to our circumstances before thanksgiving um, appears in our lives, right? But when we tether ourselves to something that is outside of circumstances, right? When we tether ourselves to the goodness of God, which is not circumstantial, we always have a foundation from which to give thanks. We always have a foundation from which to be, um, for which to have gratitude. Because, because God's goodness never changes. His love endures forever. In the midst of a bad circumstance, I can still remain thankful for the goodness of God. For the love of God. For the mercy of God. For the kindness of God. And I can think back on my life, maybe in situations where... Um, where I should have experienced some maybe like harsh consequence or some failure or, or where, where I can actively see 
the mercy of God, the kindness of God, the goodness of God swirling around in my life, right? Protecting me from my own stupidity. Protecting me from my own choices. Keeping me aligned with his son, right? Even in situations that maybe no one else would know about, right? That God's goodness is evident, right? So I can, I can go back to that situation. God, thank you for, for sparing me by your mercy the penalty of my own sin. Lord, Lord, Lord thank you for in the, in the midst of your goodness, Sparing me from circumstance. So, so even when circumstances are bad, God is good. A life that is tethered to Him rather than our circumstance establishes ultimate goodness even in the midst of misfortune. See, because God, um, the, word, the Word is very clear, right? The Word is super clear that God actively works to establish his goodness in our circumstances. So, so think, think of this. Like, we, we have the, the character of God, which is good, right? For which we can always give thanks because it never changes, right? God's, God's goodness never changes, his love endures forever. So it's like, that is, that is solidified in his nature that we will always have, um, we will always have the character and nature of God for which to be thankful for. Period. So we don't have to rely on our circumstances to find thankfulness. But what is incredible about God is that he, he, is not, um, he is not merely satisfied with His own goodness being the foundation for all of our thanksgiving. Because what Paul says in Romans chapter 8 is that, is that God is actively working to establish goodness in your life. A.K.A. your circumstances. That, that, that God, in, in partnership with the Holy Spirit living in you, is actively working to establish goodness. He says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the what? Good of all those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. So God, God is actively working to establish goodness in the midst of your, of your circumstances, right? Not just asking you to give thanks because of His inherent goodness. But, but listen, do you know, do you understand that when you, when you try to speak or recognize a language that you're not familiar using, it's really difficult, right? Like people that are bilingual, okay? When they do not, when they do not exercise or use, right, their, their second language, it becomes more difficult then to speak it. I mean, I don't think we have any bilingual people here, but do you understand that concept, right? You understand that concept? Well, well Jill, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Spanish teacher. Um, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> um, where was my staff on that one? <laughs> um, but, well, so, so Jill can represent, right? And she can back me up on this, right? That when you don't use that, it, it, would, it would be the same for any skill, right? I haven't played soccer competitively since college. I still have my touch, right? But it's not as good as it was. 
Because when you don't use it, right, you lose it. And so think of it this way. When God is working actively to establish goodness in your circumstances, do you think it helps if you've established a language of goodness and thanksgiving that applies to who He is? Or do you think it becomes more difficult to see God's goodness in your circumstance? To see how He's actively working to produce goodness in what you're going through because you've ne- you haven't developed the language of thankfulness that is not circumstantial. You've, you've chosen to wait until He establishes goodness to give thanksgiving. So when he does establish goodness, you don't recognize it. You can't see it for what it is. Because you haven't taken any time to, to, to practice the language of thanksgiving as it applies to his goodness that never changes. And see, what happens here is this, is that we, um, we must learn gratefulness and thanksgiving as a primary language of our souls. Gratefulness and thanksgiving must be a primary language of our soul, and it is not one that comes... Who here naturally always turns to the gratefulness and thanksgiving? Okay, naturally sees the negative in the circumstances. Y'all a bunch of liars. (laughs) Most of you didn't even raise your hand for either of them, okay? Um, So... so, um, you know, like, in most cases, right, it's much easier for us to recognize the negative in the circumstances than it is for us to just go, no matter what's going on, to see the goodness, to see the gratefulness, right? Because, because we think, well, I should just be grateful all on my own. I should just be thankful all on my own. It should just come naturally to me. Like, listen, we are, we are, um, we are sickened with sin, and sin Sin poisons our ability to see the goodness of God in all things, right? And so, so as a part of our discipleship to Jesus, learning the language of gratefulness and thanksgiving for God's goodness is something that comes through time. It's, it's something that comes as we align ourselves with the Word of God, as we align ourselves with Jesus. It's a matter of our discipleship, something that we must learn not something that comes naturally. Well, why can't I pray all the time? I'm a Christian. Why can't I pray continually? I don't know. How much do you pray? Well, I don't ever pray. Well, that's why. <laughs> why can't you speak Spanish? Well, I, I don't practice. Well, that's why. We, 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 we think that like, we think that everything spiritual, every Every disciple or every discipline that God wants to God wants to produce and plant in us that we just get it by like spiritual download. Right? Like, okay, boom, you're thankful now. Boom, you can pray three hours a day. Right? Boom, Spanish. I don't know why I use that one, but it's the same principle, right? Same principle. But no, we must we must practice. Spiritual disciplines as if they take discipline to cultivate. And gratefulness and thanksgiving is one of them. It's not a primary language of our soul. Jesus has an instance here in Luke chapter 17 where it, it is a microcosm of the, the example that gratefulness and thanksgiving is not a primary language for most people. You go to Luke chapter 17... Verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was 
going into a village, two men had leprosy, or ten men who had leprosy met him. And they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. Praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked the question, were not all ten healed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Mm. <laughs> So Jesus entering this, um, entering um, the border between Samaria and Galilee, came upon ten lepers who cried out for mercy for Jesus to heal him. Now Jesus initiated their healing, which was um, which was no small deal in Jesus' context, right? Because it was not now just these ten men being healed of a physical infirmity. It wasn't just that, well, they had some kind of skin disease and that was healed. That would have been enough, of course. But what you must understand is that the reason these men are said to be in the outskirts of town and why they yelled at Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on us, is because according to Jewish law and culture and custom, these men with leprosy were ostracized from the entire community. They were seen as unclean. They could not come into community, which means they could not come and worship. They could not come to the temple. They could not eat with other people. Right? They were completely separated on the outskirts of town. Um, abandoned and isolated from all community because of their infirmity. Now we can talk... We, boy, could we preach on that. Okay? Boy, could we preach on the ministry of Jesus to cross the lines, right? And commune with those who are infirmed that the community pushes to the outskirts. We'll just set that there for a second. We'll maybe come back to that someday. Right. But Jesus' healing of these men was not just taking away their disease. It was literally giving them their life back. Jesus gave them their life back. They could go home. They could be with their families. They could go and worship. They could, they could enter back into the, the village. It was no small Deal. They were now no longer excluded from community, from relationship. Everything had been taken from them and Jesus gave it back. And so it's not as if it was like a small healing. Well, I have, a, I have this spot on my arm and Jesus took it away. And oh, yeah, I guess I remember to go back and give thanks. No, it was like these men's lives were radically and completely and forever changed. And it says in verse 15 that, that one of those ten men came back. One of the ten. Now, my math says that that means 90% of the people that were healed in that moment did not have a primary language of thanksgiving or gratitude. Or maybe, um, maybe, we should, maybe we should say it like this. Jesus notices the lack 
of gratitude. Maybe, maybe we need to hear that, right? That, that, that Jesus notices the, the, when there's a lack of gratitude. Jesus notices when there's a lack of thanksgiving. Jesus notices when His goodness produces healing, but there's no response of praise. And ask the question, we're not 10 healed? We're not 120 healed? Was not one healed? Where is the thanksgiving? Where is the praise? Where is the gratitude? Now, the, the question is, were, they, were those nine that didn't come back, were they grateful? I, oh, I bet you they were. I, I have no doubt, no doubt that they were grateful. No doubt that they were exceptionally grateful for the healing that had happened. But what uh, the question then becomes, what are they thankful for? It seems, now of course we're talking, we're, we're playing in you know, averages, right, of the human experience, but the inference there is, is that they were probably most grateful that they were no longer leprous. That they no longer were sick. That they no longer were infirmed. They were, they were, they were grateful that their circumstances were changed. That they could go about life in a, in a different way, but Notice what Jesus asks the man that did come back about the other nine. Not, aren't they thankful that their circumstances were changed? No, what does he say or what does he ask them, him in kind of a rhetorical sense? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Meaning that there was seemingly one man. One man who found reason to give thanks in praise, not in the changing of his circumstances, but in what? The goodness of God. That, that the goodness of God, the glory of God, the healing power of God becomes the foundation upon which thanksgiving is made. Becomes the, becomes the foundation upon which gratefulness and gratitude is proclaimed. I'm thankful I, the, over here. Oh, I'm just thankful that this is all over. I'm thankful that I don't have to go through this anymore. I'm thankful that I get to go back to my family. I'm thankful that I get to go back to worship. Nine. One. Thank you, Jesus. There is a difference. There's a difference. One has this thankfulness rooted in the, the God of his healing. And nine have their thankfulness rooted just in their healing. You know that when we give thanks and praise, we don't just give thanks and praise for the circumstantial outcome. We give thanks and praise for the God who created the circumstantial outcome. Because if we give thanks and praise only for the circumstantial outcome, what will we give thanks and praise for when the circumstances don't change? Nothing. But if in the midst of the changing of our circumstances, we give thanks to the God who created it, we will always be developing a language of thankfulness and gratitude. We will always be cultivating that language. Biblical gratitude. Biblical gratitude recognizes God's goodness in the changing of my circumstances. Biblical gratitude recognizes God's goodness in the changing of my circumstances. Some other examples here, and you can, we're getting short on time, so you can look them up yourself. There's one here right open on my page, Luke 18, 40 and 43, Jesus stopped and ordered the man be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> Wouldn't you, you think Jesus asked you that question ever? 
Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus, what? Praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Thankfulness was rooted in the God who created the change in circumstances rather than worshiping the change in circumstance themselves. And if we constantly and only are chasing the heels of the change of our circumstances, we will never recognize the goodness of God in them. Now, what time is it? Hmm. You got five more minutes? You got five more minutes, okay. Here's a little something extra that we recognize, okay? Um, go back to the Luke 17 passage, the healing of the lepers. And the guys, they call out to Jesus and they say, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. In verse 13, what does Jesus say to them? You're healed. Look at your skin. It's white as snow. You know, you know smooth as a baby's bottom. Like, perfect skin now. No, he doesn't say anything about their skin, right? He doesn't say even anything about their healing. He doesn't have some grand proclamation of like, you know, by the power invested in me in the throne of heaven, I now pronounce you healed. Right? Mm -mm. Oh, he simply says, go and show yourself to the priests. Go. Right now, go and show yourself. Now, why would he do that? Why, why go and show yourself to the priests? Well, the priests um, at the temple were, would, would essentially be the ones that would certify the men's healing. And, and cleansing so that they could be um, included back into community and a relationship. And so Jesus didn't say anything about you are now healed. He simply said, go and show yourself to the priest. He, he asked the men to go walk the path of healing before he actually healed them but before they were healed so so he didn't say to the men okay i'm going to heal you and then i want you to go to the priests and show them that you are healed no word of healing right no word of healing at all he simply said be on your way to go and show that you have been healed this is interesting. This is interesting here, right? Because the men had to start going to show that they were healed before they were healed. There was this, there was this measure of faith with their healing that was necessary for them to receive it and walk in it before it actually happened. They needed to, by faith, believe in the healing power of Jesus before their skin was cleansed and walk in faith towards the priests knowing that in the process of believing the words of Jesus, they would be fully healed. It's like, here's how I think of it. Like, Jesus had established in heaven already that these men were healed. Right? He had established in heaven these men were healed. They didn't know it, right? But he was like, Jesus, heavenly, like, they're healed, right? And, and their walk of faith, right? Their, their, their steps of faith was the ratification on earth of what was already 
already evident and already real in heaven. That, that faith brought the reality of heaven into the present circumstance and changed the dynamic of their lives. And so that, that you and I may be asked by Jesus to, to walk in the reality of our healing when we are still infirmed. And the faith that it takes to walk in that healing is the thing that will bring the reality of heaven into my current circumstance and heal me. And so you may be, right, waiting to give thanks until you're healed. Oh, as soon as I'm healed, I'm going to give thanks. As soon as God changes this circumstance, man, I'm going to have a party. As soon as God, as soon as God, you know, changes the trajectory of my life, oh, the thanks and praise I'm going to give on that day. And maybe, maybe the faith that is required for those circumstances to change now is for you to walk in the healing as if it has already happened because you know what? It has happened in heaven. Yeah. It has happened in heaven. And, and it, is your, it is your faith in what has happened in heaven that will make it happen here on earth. There is a reason that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because the, the, the heavenly kingdom, right, is coming to earth. The heavenly, king, the heaven, the heavenly reality, right? We can, we can walk in the midst of the heavenly reality through exercising our faith in Jesus. Well, Jesus said to get up and go show ourselves to the priest, so I guess we're getting healed. <laughs> and who knows? They, they, they might have made it all the way to the temple. Into the outer court. We gotta go find a priest. I still got leprosy all over me. We gotta go find a priest, though, because Jesus said, go show yourselves. You know, like, Walking up that last step to that to the priest, the last, the last exercising of their faith, and boom, healing. Right? Because they had partnered with the reality of heaven by their faith. And it had become it beca had become real in that moment. Don't wait to give thanksgiving for your healing, for the change in your circumstance for the renewal of your life until it happens. Start giving thanks for it now as, a, as a, a ratification by faith of the heavenly reality of the change of your circumstances. And watch God move your healing. Watch God do it. It's more than five minutes. <laughs> Let's um. Let's do. Uh, we're gonna do something called the. Uh, um, this is super cliche and cheesy. I'm sorry. I'm not very creative. The gratitude challenge this week. Okay. Gratitude challenge. Do I have? A, yeah. Okay. I thought I had a slide for the gratitude gratitude challenge. Every day. Every day, from now until Thanksgiving. Articulate at least one way you have seen or are experiencing God's goodness in your life. Every day. Between now and Thanksgiving, articulate at least one way you have seen or are experiencing God's goodness in your life. When I say articulate, it means you've got to say it. Right? You've got to communicate it somehow. Let's do this. 
um, this is not on the slide, but um, why don't you, I think like 90% of you have my cell phone number, right? Um, if you don't, um, uh, come ask for it or ask it for, you, you all have permission, my permission to share my cell phone number with each other. How about that? Um, text me. I'm going to regret this. Um, that's too far. I, I, let, I let the horse out of the barn, right? Can't get him back. All right, text me. Text me the thing that you are, um, the, at least one way that you see God or experiencing God's goodness in your life. You can text me every day, those th that thing. Or you can just do it, you know, if you think it's like, well, I, I see God's goodness in the fact that my kids didn't eat the ice cream this week or something like that. Like, what, send me as many as you want and then next week um, on Sunday or on Sunday during the announcements or during the, like, the pre-service, I will anonymously take those texts and put them up on the screen and you can see all of the ways that God has been good to the people around you this week. Okay? You can see all of the ways that God is working healing in people's lives. You can see all of the ways that God has been has revealed himself as good. So, y'all understand? You got it? Right? I mean, I should get by rights, you know, about 800 texts this week. Okay? Um yeah. <laughs> um but I'm 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 good with that, right? Because I, I want to develop a, a language, I want to develop a primary language of gratitude and thanksgiving in my own heart, right? And this is a way that I'm gonna practice it, is see the goodness of God in others' lives and like establish it in my own, right? Okay. All right, let's pray. This worship team comes back up. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. We give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His steadfast love endures forever. It expands beyond generation to generation to every man, woman, and child, Lord. Establish Your goodness in our lives. We may give thanks to You in Jesus' name. Amen.